Well, first of all, welcome to Inspire Church. Can we thank our worship team for doing an amazing job? They'll still be here. They're gonna be they're gonna be leading us in another song in short, just shortly. But I just got some family news that I want to share. If it's your first time here, my name is Nolan Galito. I am your location pastor. Me and my wife, Jay Galito, over there. Come on, babe, say hi. <laughs> but let, let's have a, a, a seat first. Would you take a seat? Say hi to somebody next to you that you don't know. Give them a smile behind the mask. It's beautiful. Hey, Richard, you could probably put that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Richard. You are a man of God. They don't care, though. They just looked at you. If we're going to have baptism in a little bit, and if you want to um, get baptized <laughs> by the sprinkling of the Lord, I'm just kidding. You guys doing well? I wanted to share some family news before we jump into the message and before we jump into just a continuation of worship. We've been here, God has been moving in our church for many years now. Come on now. Right, he's been moving in our church for many years. Me and my wife are originally from Los Angeles. We are, we moved to Hawaii th uh, for three years. And then we moved here to the Philippines about 11 years ago, right? And it's such a journey. By the way, my parents are in the house. Congressman, Congresswoman, welcome. They just flew in from LA about yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before, right? So they're here. Um, ask them for pasalubong, by the way. Parame. Can I get a little more on my mic so I could lower it? And, and, and so one of the things that I have realized in our church is, many of you know that we are one church, multiple locations. So for some of us here, we only know about Metro Manila and we know about Quezon City. But we are one church, multiple locations, meaning we also have churches in Hawaii. We have churches in Mililani, Waikele, Honolulu. We also, if you didn't know this, that our location here, there's always been a calling for us to be a central hub. There's always been a central hub calling. Like God has already been preparing the way. We have some churches that are not part of Inspired Church, but they've asked if they could be a covering of Inspired Church. And so... You might not know this, but you oversee Southeast Asia churches. And so we have pastors out in um, Thailand, in Bangkok, Pastor Kelly, Chiang Mai, Pastor Allen, in Kathmandu, Nepal, Pastor Jomesh, right? He's doing an amazing job. They just changed their church name to Dream Church. It's beautiful. And he's like, no, you got to come over here. And I'm like, man, I want to go hiking in the mountains, right? The Himalayan mountains. We've got um, Pastor Yo in Japan. Uh, and we've got so many churches that God has been preparing. And so there was a time where, you know, we know that God has a vision and a dream for each one of us. That it is supposed to be Metro Manila, Philippines is the hub for Southeast Asia. And God is going to be calling many of us here to, to go out and be full-time ministers. Some of us are going to be called out to be business ministers. Some of us are called to just, you know, do what God has called us to do here and fulfill our God-given potential. Either that be a full potential mom or a full potential businessman or a full potential dancer, right, Clarence? You're not a dancer. Don't ever dance in front of me. And so we have this opportunity together as a church. 
Pastor Mike and Pastor Lisa Kai, our senior pastors in Hawaii, gave us a call earlier in January. And he said, hey, Nolan. And I never told him, you know, I've always prayed about the vision for Southeast Asia. And I've never really mentioned it. I mentioned it in passing, but I never really sat down because we're still building our Manila and our Philippines locations. Then he gave us a call and he goes, hey, Nolan, there's something I, wanna, I want you to pray about. And, and I was like, all right. And, and then he, later on in a conversation, he goes, you know, I, I see that uh, Manila is going to be the sending church for Southeast Asia. And I'm like, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, we got this. Right? And then he goes, I, 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 wanna, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray that you and your wife will begin transitioning in your equipment to build this location to be ascending church. And so he says, I want you to pray of being based in Hawaii for a season and moving back and forth every other month to Philippines, back to Hawaii, because I want you to take the culture you built here and I want us, I want you to build it over there. And I want you to help build it over there. And I was like, who are we? That us Filipinos, right? Out in the distance, now central, right? Our mother church is saying, hey, I want you to do what you do. And I want you to bring some Filipino flavor over there. Come on now. I know our pastor, our senior pastor doesn't look Filipino, but he is Filipino. He's like a quarter Cebuano, right? You'll see this. He has a little video that he's going to show us. And so, you know, in the near future, uh, um, the location leadership team here is going to take more of a, of a front role. Each of us here are going to be able to have an opportunity to step forward in our God-given potential, in our God-given calling. And then me and my wife, we're going to just be, you know, traveling you know, back and forth. So pray for us. I haven't been back in Hawaii for 10 years, you know. So pray for us um, because, you know, we're going to be moving. We're still fully involved. We're still leading this location. Like, I'm still meeting with everybody, you know, but it might be through Zoom. It might be in person. I might just show up at your door one day in a Balakbayan box, right? <laughs> but we're, I mean, it, we're not handing it off. We're, we're still fully involved. It's just our capacity is growing. And so we got to understand God is calling us. Amen? God is calling you. Come on now. There's a calling upon you. There is. There is. And, and so... I know some of you got questions and all of that and like, can I preach? And I'm like, no, maybe not yet, but, but we're going to be equipping you guys and there's going to be a bunch of cool next steps. But first, here's a quick video from our senior pastor, Pastor Mike Kai. Hey, Inspire Metro Manila. God bless you guys. You know, Lisa and I love you guys and we miss you guys and we cannot wait to come to the beautiful islands of the Philippines, especially in Quezon City, Timog, and, well, Timog, um, your church right there, it's incredible, the location that you are in. I hope you love your building. I know you love your pastors, and I can't wait to come back to the land of Inasala chicken and unlimited rice. Anyway, we miss you guys, as you can tell. Hey, listen, God is doing something powerful, not just in Metro Manila, but in Hawaii, and he's got great plans. I'm believing that God is gonna do something powerful for you locally in Metro Manila and the land of the Philippines in the great country, but also in the United States of America. And that's why your pastors uh, are special to us. You know, nobody is like a spiritual son like Nolan Galito is and Jay. You know, when they came to us years ago, um, looking to intern somewhere and to learn how to plant a church, they were God's gift to us. We didn't realize it, but when 
we released them to go to Manila in the Philippines to be able to plant a church that was in Nolan and Jay's heart, what God put on their heart. Um, we never thought that God would do something powerful that we would still be able to have a connection with the church between Honolulu and Manila. You know, Nolan and Jay have been incredible um, leaders and sowers of the gospel and shepherds over your city and over your lives. And uh, coming out of the last two years, 2021 and 2022, um, I believe God was shifting things. And as a result of that major shift that Nolan is going to share, if he hasn't already shared it with you, uh, is going to bring an incredible scope of their leadership to be able to go back to Manila four times a year, run it with JP and with Morris and with Janice and Leslie and all of Angelica and all of the great people there that we love with all of our hearts, um, to be able to see that happen from Honolulu and lead that remotely while still coming back uh, is gonna be an incredible testament to your leadership as a church group to stand up, to be able to take the mantle and the responsibility of leadership that we believe that you are now more than capable to handle. We are placing the leadership of that location in incredible capable hands. You're being led by some of the best. You're being poured into nonstop from Hawaii and different parts of the world. Uh, you will be also tested uh, because it will not be easy, but it will go smooth and it will go well. But we believe in you. We believe in the deposit that we have made into you for all of these years. And if you're new to Inspire Church, welcome to a new era and a new season of Inspire where homegrown, indigenous, local leadership will now lead. You'll lead with Nolan's leadership and Jay's leadership and we're so excited for you. In the weeks to come, we're gonna have sermon series that deal directly and speak directly to the new transition that is taking place. But also we want you to know that with all of our hearts, as soon as I can come to Manila, trust me, I am coming to Manila to be with you guys. We love you guys with all of our hearts. You'll hear more in the upcoming weeks, if not months, of the transition plans. But what we really need you to do is stay together. Number one, let's stay together. Stay tight with one another. Secondly, let's not talk about it too much. Let's not let gossip and fear overrun and take things down roads that they don't need to be taken. We want you to know that whatever you need to know, whatever information that is necessary for the success and the fruitfulness of that great congregation, we'll let you know. But we also want you to know that God's got a great plan. And I'm believing that through that location in Manila, that there are going to be different places that you're going to hit. You're going to hit different islands. You're going to go to Cebu. You're going to go to Ilocos Norte, Ilocos Sur. We're going to go to Pangasinan. We're going to go to, did I say that right? We're, we're going to go to Alabang. We're going to go to different places. But you got to be willing to open up your heart to say yes to Jesus, to that assignment, and also count the cost because it's going to be important for the rest of your city. So on behalf of Inspire in Honolulu, we love you guys with all of our hearts. We miss you, and we can't wait to see what God does in you and through you in the name of Jesus. Beautiful. Come on. Would you guys stand up to your feet one more time? And so with all of that, I want you to understand that God is an amazing God. Because we have been in a series called Yahweh. Somebody say Yahweh. And what is that series? We want to know the names of God because His names share His character. And every time in, in this life, there are things that, you know, get confusing. There are things that you're trying to figure out. 
There are things that, you know, that are uh, one way one time and another way another time. But the beauty about God is he never changes. Come on now. He never changes. And so we've been on this series and we've been looking at different names of Yahweh. We saw how Yahweh Nisi, just yet last week, right? That he is our banner. We saw that Yahweh, what, Jehovah Jireh, that he is our provider. We saw Yahweh Rapha, right? What is that? Yeah, a little, okay, that was a test. You win, right? <laughs> that he is our healer. And God set this all up because today, all central locations, all locations, we're talking about the next name. And it's a name that if you're not familiar, and if you're not really into reading the Bible and all of it, you'll miss it. Because it's found in an Ezekiel. In Ezekiel verse 48, verse 35, it says this. Let me give you some context. Temple is broken down. City is broken down. You look at the nation, it does not look amazing. It does not look hopeful. It looks like potential has been lost. But God tells Ezekiel to look at it and he says this. All the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. And so he starts measuring the whole city. And the name of the city from that day shall be, he says, Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. The Lord is there. Today, we want and I want to see that no matter what you are looking at, no matter what is beyond us, above us, around us, I need somebody to understand that the Lord is there. The Lord is there. The Lord is with you. The Lord is here. So I got a message for you. You guys ready for this? The message of the title of this message is who's in the room? Who's in the room? Who's in the room? Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you for every single person in here. We thank you, Lord God, that you're in the room. We thank you that you are here today, Lord God. We thank you that it is not a coincidence. It is not by accident that we are here. I sense it, Lord God. Today, you want to remind someone that felt like they were so far away from you, that felt like that you have God, that you are reminding them, no, 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 no. I am here. I've been with you, and I've got a message for you today. And so, Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen 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 come on give god a praise one more time and you guys may be seated you guys could have a seat it's so good to be in the house of the lord amen somebody say who's in the room have you ever noticed this that depending on who's in the room you sometimes your posture your attitude changes right right like like i, I remember it was i think it was eighth grade I was a, in eighth grade in Los Angeles in a St. Ignatius school. And I was a very good Catholic boy, right? I was a good follower of God when the teacher was there, right? I, I, I don't remember if it was eighth grade or sixth grade. It was around there. But I remember our teacher was Sister Maria Elena, right? Sister Maria Elena. And, and I remember she left the room. I don't know why, but she left the room. Something was going on. She left the room and she was gone for a while. Like we, you know, come on now. If a sixth grader, right, a, a junior higher, there's nobody in the classroom, you know that there's trouble about to be happening. 
And so what happened was, you know, everybody was just relaxing. Everybody was going around, talking, you know, talking, just sitting in their table. And for some reason, I don't know what came over me, maybe the anointing. And I told the, the, whole, the whole class, let us sing a song of worship. No, 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 that's not what I did. That's not what I did. I saw a box of crayons, right? I saw a box of crayons, and for some reason, I grabbed one of those crayons, and I saw my friend Fernando across the room, and I grabbed that crayon, and I threw a crayon at him, right? And he's like, who threw that crayon? And so Fernando walked up, and there, we have all these boxes of crayons, right? He grabs a whole handful of crayons, and he throws it at me. And so all these crayons come screaming across the room does not only hit me, but hits a bunch of other people. Mind you, we are in the depths of Los Angeles. And so in this classroom, there are a lot of children of gangsters, right? So I remember now Alfonso grabs now and now he throws this. And then Guido, I remember all their names, right? I grabbed, I'm not even making up the names. This is their name. Those are my friends. Jose, Julio, Alfonso, Guido, right? Like grabbed a bunch of crayons, start tossing it around to the point where a sixth grade class is now having a riot and we're throwing crayons all over the room. We're going crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your pastor, right? That's, and we're throwing it all over the room. And all of a sudden, the door opens. And Sister Maria Elena walks in. And what do we do? We all sit down. We all sit down. We all behave. Isn't it very interesting that depending on who's in the room, the way you think, the, the way you act can change. I've seen this so many times when I walk into the lobby and then when I walk in, you'll see a lot of our dream teamers, the name that we call our volunteers. A lot of the dream teamers will be slouching on the couch, feet on the table, right? And once I step in, they go, hi, pastor, just reading our Bible, right? It's so interesting how your attitude changes depending on who's in the room. My question today is this, do you know who's in this room? And not even just this room, do you know who's in every room? Even when you walk into a place and it looks like nobody is there, do you know who's in that room? Even when you walk into a place that may seem a little chaotic, do you know who's in that room? Even when you get in an argument with your loved one or you have this sibling conflict or whatever, I need you to ask yourself, do you know who's in the room? Do you know who's in that room? Church, I need you to understand. Come on. Who is in this room right now? You, you kind of sound confused. Maybe we should remember that this is a church. Who's in this room right now? Oh, let's do it more boldly. Who's in this room right now? One more time. Who's in this room right now? He is their Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. He is there. He is there. Today I want us to talk about Jehovah Shammah. That he is there. That no matter what you are going through, that we can tell ourselves that he is there. That when you feel alone, you can say, he is there. When you feel anxious and you're not sure what to do, you could tell yourself, he 
is there. When you are afraid and unsure what your next step is, come on, church, you can tell yourself he is there. Oh, front row, you know better than this. The word is he is there. He is there. He is there. God is in this room right now. He is there. So what does it mean when he is there, though? Right? Because sometimes we know that theologically. Oh, yes, God is omnipresent. For he is everywhere. Right? But just like when Sister Maria Elena walked in, I should be a little different. I should carry myself a little different. Does that make sense? So what does it mean when we know that the Lord is here? What does it mean when somebody cuts you off on EDSA that the Lord is there? I'm talking to myself. My parents hate me driving. They're like, no, I'm careful, right? This is not how we drive in the United States. <laughs> Who is there? I was looking at this passage, and I think one of the greatest examples, one of the prime examples of someone who realizes and walks in their God-given potential when they realize that God is there. His name is Peter. And many of you guys know Peter. Peter is a guy that in the passage when Jesus is getting crucified and when Jesus is getting, you know, tortured, we see this. Jesus, uh, Peter is a guy that is running away. That Peter is hiding. Come on, right? If you know that scripture. Peter is so, he's such in a place where he's distancing himself. That he's in a place where he doesn't want to be fully in. But he still wants to see what's going on. Like he wants to come to church but he doesn't want to be involved. You know, like he just wants to look but not really touch. Like there's a point where he is literally warming himself by a fire. And there's a teenager, teenage little girl that says, weren't you part of his group? And literally he says, you know, with an explicit beep in the language, he literally curses and says, I don't beep know him. Like this is the Peter. And now what happens is we see this Peter. And if we're in a position where we have been distancing ourselves, when we find ourselves now ashamed of what we have done, you ever been there? When you find yourself in a place where you are far from God, how many of you guys know sometimes it's hard to come back? I've known so many people. I talked to someone yesterday, right? They're saying this. Yeah, you know, he wants to come back, but nahihiya. And I've seen that so many times. I've heard that so many times. And I'm like, that is so strange that you have distanced yourself. God is calling you back, but now you're ashamed even though God is calling. I've been there. Anybody ever been there? I've been there so many times. And so this is Peter. This is his scenario. This is his situation. But then when we move forward to Acts chapter 2, all of a sudden he's a different Peter. And we'll be looking at that scripture in a little bit. But imagine, you got a guy running away. You got a guy who is afraid. You got a guy who's distancing himself. You, you have a guy who was once fully in but now is fully out. You have a guy now that has left the whole scene. 
Fast forward, Acts chapter 2, now you have a guy who is preaching boldly, standing up, you know, with faith. He's leading 3,000 people to the Lord. He is going all at it. He is on the front line. He is screaming out the name of Jesus wherever he goes. And I was thinking to myself, what changed? Because we'll all go through a season where we juxtapose from left to right. Like it was once hot, now it's cold. Once was cold, now it's hot. And I was wondering, how did that change? How did that shift? What happened so dramatically that Peter, if, that was, if I was him, oh, it would be so hard to come back. Come on now. Right? Like, Because you're like, the, Jesus said, you are the rock of faith. I don't know if that's Jesus' voice. but that, And now he's, this is the rock of faith is hiding. And then now this guy is like, let's go, come on, right? We ain't drunk, we, right? we got the Holy Spirit, right? He's going at it. And all of these people fall in love with Jesus. And I was, I was looking through scripture and I was searching and I was, I was checking what caused, what caused that change? What made it dramatically shift? See, I need you to understand that there's a calling upon your life. That God wants you to step forward. That God wants you to move. That God wants you to fulfill your God-given potential. Somebody say amen. But please understand that there is a battle called the spiritual warfare. And as much as you want to move forward, there is an enemy wanting to push you back. And so whenever we find ourselves in that position, I want to know how do I make sure and how do I become like Peter to that? And so when I was reading the passage... I was looking at John chapter 21, and this is where we're going to dive in a little bit. You guys ready? Check this out. Check this out. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. So what happens? Jesus dies, resurrects. Does that make sense? Jesus is alive. Peter, yeah, he is. <laughs> Peter... It says here, he says here, or let me move, uh, he showed himself, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, two other of his disciples were together, and Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. So, whole drama, whole, uh, you know, ashamed, whole issue, whole pullback, you know, pullback. Now what does he say? He goes, you know what, I'm going to go back to what I used to do. I'm going fishing, right? It's like, in other words, Okay, let's just do, let's go back. No longer am I a fisher of men. I'll go back to what I know is I know how to fish tilapia. Right? Like I'm, I'm going to fish. So now he's there. And then it goes on here and it says, they said to him, Jesus shows himself. They don't know yet. They said to him, we are going, oh, these are the disciples, his friends. Sorry, I got a lot in my mind. I'm so excited. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. So they get into the boat. Oh, we're going fishing. They're catching nothing. But when the morning had now come, they've been there all night. Morning came up. Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. On a side note, sometimes what can it be that Jesus is actually there? We just don't realize it. Right? Because he's there. They're fishing. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? 
And they answered him across the sea, right? No, we don't got no food. We didn't catch nothing. That's my own addition, right? And he said to them, cast the nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast. And now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Please understand, this happened before. And so now they're, I bet you, it's like, mm, this, this looks familiar. This sounds familiar. Is this making sense, church? And then it goes on. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, I love John. John, John wrote this book and John wrote the description. John's a good guy. He's like, <laughs> this is how he describes himself. You know, the, the one he loved the most, that's me. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, hey, hey, it's the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes. He puts on his clothes, then he jumps in, right? right? He puts on his clothes and jumps in and plunges into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but 200 cubits, dragging the net with the fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and a fish laid on it, fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have caught. Do you see the beauty of that? That now, when he was wanting to give everything up, and he was saying, man, I'm ashamed, I'm far away. All of a sudden, the reason why he changed to being bold, the reason why he changed to stepping into his God-given potential, the reason why he decided to go all out for God was because at this moment of time, when he wanted to back away, God showed up. God was there. Please understand, if you read this passage, I don't got, some, I don't got much time, but I'm going to let you know. This, whoo, here we go. The same coal where he tells the little girl, I don't know him, right? That word they use for coal is only used one more time. And it is used when Jesus calls them to have breakfast. That same fire looked exactly the same way when he denied God. Is now the exact fire when God says, I'm inviting you back because I am here. That is a great God, somebody. Somebody say amen. Come on now. So what happened? What changed? It was the understanding that God is there. I need somebody to know that God is there. I need this church to understand that God is there. Oh, church, I need you to know that God is is there does anybody believe that today so what does it mean now what does it mean how do we make sure that we don't just leave this place and be like yes god is there right it cannot just be a a a, a thought it cannot just be knowledge it must be able to shift us the way it shifted peter Church, we need to be able to understand that there's a calling upon you. This church is not based on me and my wife. This church is not based on the staff. This church is not based on the location leadership team. This church is not even based on this building. Because at the end of the day, you know this, that this church is you. The church is you. Come on now. The church is you. Hey, everybody in the production. Church is you. Right? The, the church is you. We don't see you, but we thank you for all that you do. Everybody online right now, I forgot we're live. I always forget. Hey, guys, I love you. The church is you. 
Come on, say hi to your online family. You don't want to say hi to them? Say hi to your online family. Come on. <laughs> the church is cute. So when Jesus is in the room, something has to change. If we've already solidified the fact that Jesus is here, then that means something has to change. If we already solidified the theological fact that Jesus is wherever you are at, that every room Jesus is with you, that Jesus is walking with you, that Jesus is beside you, that Jesus is guiding you, then we must understand that there has to be a difference when Jesus is in the room. So when Jesus is in the room, the first thing that Peter did, I love it. First thing that Peter did in Acts chapter 2 is this. He, he, he says this. Where's my notes? Sorry, I love the Bible. He, he, he says here. Where is it? He says, then, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd. This is the bold Peter now. This is the guy who realized that God is here. Where's my worship team? This is the, the, the guy that says, God is in this place. So we must understand that when Jesus is in the room, we have a posture of boldness. Every single person in here, I, I, whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance you're going through, I know in a room like this, some of us might be saying, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't, but God knows what you're going through. And so if God knows what you're going through and God is with you and God is in your home and God is in your house, then please understand that we can have a posture of boldness. When people were mocking Peter and the disciples, when people were saying, oh, look at them, they're drunk. Who are these guys? What are they doing? What does Peter do? He gets up and he steps forward. He steps forward. Some of us here are waiting too long for God to step forward when God is just saying, I need you to step forward. Like he stepped forward so long. So many times. I do the trust fall with my daughter. And sometimes my daughter, she just does it like randomly. Dad, trust fall. Like she'll just do it out of the blue. Dad, trust fall, right? But in the beginning, when I do the trust fall, what does she tell me? Dad, come closer. I go, it's not a trust fall if I'm, I'm, I'm already touching you. I got to be farther. And then you go fall. I'm going to catch you. She goes, Dad, I don't trust you. And I go, okay, lang. I don't trust you either. <laughs> Some of us here, we're telling God, God, come closer. And God is saying, no, 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 I got you. No, no, God, I'm scared. I'm here. I got you. Could it be that there is a season right now where you keep waiting for a confirmation, but the confirmation is actually just you to step forward? It's time to step forward with boldness. Step forward. Step forward. This is the guy who stepped back into the shadows. Now this is the guy who's stepping forward into the light. And what happens? Remember the guys that went fishing? 
with him, giving it all up, are now the guys who step forward with him. Some of us here, you keep praying for your family members. You keep praying for your workmates. You keep praying for your neighborhood. But God has a word for you today. Your prayer is answered, but you need to step forward in boldness. And then what does he do? He shouts. He literally shouts to them. We have, when Jesus is in the room, we proclaim a voice of faith. We proclaim a voice of faith. You got to proclaim it. It's so very interesting that how therapy has come up to the forefront now, right? And all of these things, affirmations, right? Telling yourself, I'm such a good person. I'm a great person. I'm six foot eight. I'm seven, two foot, right? Like you got to tell yourself, make yourself feel good, make yourself feel better. All of these things. That's fine and all. But me telling myself that I'm good when I'm not good? Come on now. Something in me won't believe it. But what happens when I shout with a voice of faith? Not because of who I am, but because who God is. Not because of what I've done, but because of what God has done. What if I shout not because I can, but because He did? What if I shout, not because I'm the Savior, but because Jesus is my Lord? We shout. We shout. Peter shouted. He yelled. He's like, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk. Some of you are assuming. It's 9 o'clock. Sarado pa yung canteen. And he goes off. He begins saying and begins teaching. So when Jesus is in the room, we not only have a posture of boldness, we not only proclaim a voice of faith, but we must also live out the overflow. You and I, we got to live out the overflow. Please understand, there is something being poured in you right now. It's very interesting how earlier that this aircon was leaking. Come on now. I will only get wet when I position myself under what is flowing out of this. Does that make sense? I cannot get wet if I just simply notice it. If I simply point at it, if I simply acknowledge it, I got to make sure that I actually live in that overflow. Please understand, we must live the overflow. If you read, continue to read the scripture, in Acts chapter 2, it's a beautiful passage. Because he begins to share, he begins to tell the gospel, he begins to read scripture, he begins to do all of these things. Please understand, this is not prepared or scripted. He wasn't sitting there writing a sermon. What's my three points? When Jesus is in the room, proclaim, uh, persevere, promise, pay attention. Right? He's not writing this. He's not waiting for an opportunity to be called. 
When that was there, Andrew didn't be like, oh, yung sermon mo, yung sermon mo. Gugo, sabihin mo yun. Right? That's not how it went. What happened? He began to speak out the overflow of what he was pouring in. So everything he knew about God was now being used to bless others. Everything he was reading about God is now being used to bless others. Everything he was experiencing was now being used to bless others. Please understand that there is an overflow waiting to happen, but we must allow God to flow into you. Allow the word of God to flow into you. Allow blessings to flow into you. We must get in the word of God. We must read the word of God many times I remember I tell my wife babe I'm reading I don't I, I'm not getting anything and you're like oh, you know what you're not supposed to get something because you're receiving the water maybe to give to somebody who else needs to receive it because the water you receive is not always water that you're going to consume the water you receive sometimes is the water that you're supposed to deliver Write that down. I don't know where that came from. Does that make sense? So there's an overflow. What you put in is what comes out. What you put in is what comes out. And the last one is this. We move future forward. When Jesus is in the room, we move future forward. In other words, what happened? Jesus said this. Uh, Peter said this. He goes, now you must. The end of the passage, he goes, now you must repent of all your sins. And then he says, go get baptized. What is he saying? He's like, look, look, look. I don't want you to just feel good. I don't want you to just have an encounter. I want you to be empowered. There's one, there's one you know, there's a time to be having an encounter. But there's another time to be empowered. And so Peter is saying, you got to take your next step. Don't just allow God to minister to you. Don't just allow him to bring something up. Don't just allow him to make you feel good. Don't just allow him to make you blessed. But you got to use that to move forward. You got to make forward. You got to move forward. Because the momentum that you are looking for comes from movement. And the movement is simply one step ahead of the other. One step after the other one step after the other there's something that i've learned and i'm going to end with this that when you are uh, i've been i've been running lately right i'm trying to run a marathon i'm trying to run to zambwanga in the jokla and, and the way they teach you how to run the way they teach you how to run is you get on your tippy toes and you lean forward and once you lean forward you're immediately getting the posture to run See, some of us here, you're just waiting. Some of us here, you're waiting for the feeling. Some of us here, you're waiting for the gun. Some of us here, you're waiting for other people to run. But I hear God saying for us today, because God is in the room, that we move future forward in understanding that I'm ready. I'm in that posture. Jesus, I'm moving forward. I don't know where I'm going. But once I go, I'm ready to run. I'm ready to run towards you. I'm ready to run towards your plan. I'm ready to run towards your potential. I'm ready to run to see more people fall in love with 
Jesus, all worship team, where you are, we got to sing. Church, would you stand up to your feet right now? And we are going to be entering this song of praise. Come on. If you tell me, move, I don't need a destination. What's been promised, I will believe. I'm still walking with you. You're still walking with me yeah. If I hear you speak I don't need an explanation If you tell me move I don't need a destination What's been promised I will believe I'm still walking with you You're still walking with me Come on, church, would you lift your hands and surrender? God is in the room. where you're journeying right now if there's an area in life that feels difficult if there's an area where it feels just confusing if there's a time where you're just just questioning come on I want you to just picture whatever that is. Would you lift that to the Lord? He'll see us through. Church, would you close your eyes right now? Online, if you're tuning in, God will see you through. And wherever you are at online, and if you're here in this house, I need you to ask yourself, do you know who's in the room? in the room 
because Jesus has been with you. He's been pursuing you. And he's been knocking. And he's been calling you. You already know. But it's time to step forward. Future forward. For God is not done. has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can comprehend what God has in store for those that love Him. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, allowing you to have time to hear from the Holy Spirit. I sense it deep, deep in my soul. For some of us here, it's time to move forward. It's time to go away from hiding. It's time to go away from the shadows. And it's now time to step forward because Jesus is calling you with all your mess, with all your questions, maybe even with all your anger or even bitterness. Jesus wants you to bring it to him, that burden. He wants you to place it on him. And so today, if you want to make a decision of just taking one step forward, towards that relationship with Jesus either for the first time or again. Today's the day. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you're in this place. So if I'm speaking to you and Jesus is in this room, on the count of three, I would love for you to just put your hand up boldly so I can pray with you. You're not going to be alone. Ready? Yep, I'm speaking to you. On the count of three. One, two, three. Go, raise your hand now if that's you. Amen. Yes, beautiful. Yes, thank you. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. God sees that, bro. Thank you for that boldness. Yes, yes, yes. Church, we're going to pray together. I want you to pray with me. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you that you are in this room. And now I step boldly and I run to you because you've, run, you've been running to me. Forgive me of all my sins. Be my God. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Amen. Come on, give them a praise.